This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, another step towards a possible pay raise for TSA workers. Members of Congress are going to need to watch what they retweet. And the Defense Department is doing its part to stem the coronavirus outbreak. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. An effort to reclassify transportation security officers as Title V employees is moving forward. The House Homeland Security Committee passed the Rights for Transportation Security Officers Act. The bill would move screeners at the Transportation Security Administration under the general schedule. The move would likely mean pay and salary increases for TSA workers. Committee Chairman Benny Thompson says implementing the bill will cost around $700 million over five years, but higher salaries will help TSA better recruit and retain top talent. The bill now heads to the House for a vote. The committee has also approved two bills aimed at reforming the Homeland Security Department's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. One of them would give the agency administrative subpoena power. That authority would require Internet service providers to turn over contact information for entities that CISA has identified as having critical cyber vulnerabilities. The committee also passed a bill that would limit the tenure of the CISA director to five years. A bipartisan group of senators is trying to honor the first African-American to serve as Secretary of the Transportation. Members of the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee are leading an effort to change the name of the transportation headquarters to recognize William Coleman Jr.'s accomplishments. While at DOT, Coleman spearheaded the first comprehensive national transportation policy study and led multiple reform efforts. He also argued 19 cases before the Supreme Court, including Brown v. Board of Education. The House will vote next week on a bill to repeal the Postal Service's mandate to pre-fund health benefits for future retirees. The USPS Fairness Act, if passed, would undo one of the central provisions in the 2006 Postal Accountability and Enhancement Act. The bill, introduced by Congressman Peter DeFazio, now has more than 300 co-sponsors and the support of the postal unions. Lawmakers will need to watch what they post. The House Ethics Committee has sent out a memo warning members of Congress about posting fake videos and pictures, or deepfakes, to their social media accounts. Doing so could warrant a violation of the Code of Official Conduct for misleading the public. They also remind members that they are held responsible for the actions of the people who work for them inside and outside the Capitol, so they should ensure their staff are complying with the rule as well. One agency corrects another for the way it handled a whistleblower. Federal News Network's Tom Temin has more. The Office of Special Counsel calls out a Merit Systems Protection Board judge. The judge denied a retaliation claim because the whistleblower first complained to the Computer Security Incident Response Center instead of to the Inspector General or the OSC itself. But the OSC says the judge misinterpreted an amendment to the whistleblower law that was meant to widen the scope of places to which whistleblowers can bring their claims. This involved a Homeland Security Department employee in 2018. I'm Tom Temin. One agency's CIO office is cutting staff by 20%. Here's Federal News Network's Jason Miller with more. The Tennessee Valley Authority is reducing the size of its technology staff by 108 people over the next few months. A TVA spokeswoman confirmed the agency told its IT staff that it would be handing out notices of reduction in force, or RIFs, sometime between April and June. 
TVA says it hasn't changed its IT management structure since 1989, making the goal of the RIFs more about modern practices and less about cost savings. In late 2019, TVA also laid off 12 employees from its IT staff, bringing the total number of RIFs to 120 by the middle of this year. I'm Jason Miller. 210 U.S. evacuees are residing at March Air Reserve Base in California after they fled China in the wake of the coronavirus outbreak. The Defense Department says the base stands ready to support Health and Human Services as they handle the evacuees, which includes some State Department employees. DOD says the support will not harm readiness. If any of the evacuees show signs of illness, HHS has procedures to transport them to a local civilian hospital. There may be a change coming to the way combatant commands are classified. Combatant commands are military organizations in charge of domains or areas of responsibility. The military may update its unified command plan to change the classification of functional and geographic combatant commands to just combatant commands. Vice Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General John Hyten, says the term functional command caused morale issues by assuming troops were a function of other commands and not part of the warfighting mission. He says the term also causes confusion when multiple commands are supporting each other in integrated global exercises. The Pentagon releases more updates as part of a broader effort to rewrite its key acquisition policies. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has details. DOD publicly released a new version of its core acquisition guidebook, DOD Instruction 5000.02. The department says it's meant to move defense procurement toward what officials are calling an adaptive acquisition framework that matches an acquisition strategy with the product or service the military is buying. Most of the documents that outline those specific pathways are still works in progress, but DOD has published guidelines on a few of them, including service acquisition and business IT systems. Jared Serbu, Federal News Network. Wall Street analysts say Microsoft's win of the Pentagon's Jedi Cloud contract played a role in higher-than-expected earnings in the firm's cloud portfolio. The company reported a fiscal second-quarter profit of $11.6 billion, up 36% from the same period last year. None of that revenue is directly tied to the Jedi contract, but analysts say it was a game-changer in how its cloud offerings are perceived amongst government agencies and companies. And the Army chooses 20 companies to move to the next level of its X-Tech Search 4.0 out of a field of 48 businesses. The competition is focused on finding American tech entrepreneurs and small businesses with defense and commercial applications. The 20 companies are moving The 20 companies are moving on to the third phase of the competition and will receive $5,000. The final winner will be selected in the fall and get a $250,000 prize. Some of the companies that were selected include Flight Material Services of Somerville, Massachusetts, and Nanosystems Laboratory of Chicago. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast. Subscribe to the Federal Newscast on iTunes or Podcast One and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White.